Hello, world. Hey, world. Hello, world. Welcome to Hello, world. The future is female. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast that uncovers female leaders leading our world to a better and brighter future. In today's episode, I'm talking with Kiva Rooney, who is one of the coolest people I've ever met. Not only she's half of Mathematic Girls, which is an organization that fosters diversity in STEM and makes math accessible, especially for young women, but she also has a PhD and is a NASA postdoctoral program fellow. Her accomplishments are literally out of this world. Yeah, I really, really tried with that joke. Um, but in all seriousness, though, I'm thrilled to talk with Kiva about Mathematic Girls, her journey on becoming an astronaut, and how you can make an impact in your community. So thank you so much, Kiva, um, for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, Isabella. It's so lovely to be here. So let's start with Mathematic Girls. When I first discovered the mission behind each video you guys put out and really the time that goes into this initiative and the community you guys are fostering, I was immediately intrigued to learn more. And since we're going to be talking a lot about outreach and pursuing really a higher education, could you just tell me a little bit more about Mathematic Girls and how this initiative is really making an impact in the community? Yeah, so Mathematic Girls was started by myself and um, a fellow PhD student, Jessica Williams. And we started this, well, we did our PhDs together in Oxford. So we started thinking about this concept and this initiative back when we were doing our PhDs, but we only started it officially during the first lockdown in 2020. So it was started in lockdown remotely, um, but really it started building a lot earlier than that. So during our PhDs in Oxford, we were really aware of the gender gap. Now, the gender gap in maths is sort of evident throughout the whole, the whole lifespan, but I'll get over to that bit in a, in a minute, but particularly at PhD level and at postdoc level, you see a lot less women pursuing maths. And quite often, actually in Oxford, the undergraduate demographic is nearly 50-50 females and males, which is great. But a lot of these girls are giving it up and not pursuing it for a PhD. So we started to think a lot about why that could be and how we could encourage more women to stick with maths and do and have some careers in maths. So we came up with a few different reasons why we thought this gender gap was, um, was persisting. The first one is um, that gender stereotyping, stereotyping begins at a very early age. So if you go into toy stores and you go down the boys aisle, you'll see a lot of science toys and chemistry sets and all those sort of educational sciencey toys are always aimed towards boys. And then you'll turn down the girls aisle and there'll be a lot of pink, there'll be a lot of glitter, there'll be bracelet making, there'll be makeup kits. So already from the very beginning, girls are being shown this is what you should like and boys are being shown this is what you should like. So we wanted to really show that maths is not a gendered subject. And if you're a girl who likes maths, then you should keep doing it and you're not alone and it's and it's you're just as capable and as, as a boy. So that was our first discovery. Our second um, thought was that there is a general block against maths throughout the public. People often perceive maths as difficult or boring or not useful. So we wanted to showcase maths as exciting and um, informative and particularly in real world settings and just show people what it can be used for. And the final thing is representation. So when we started Mathematicals, Jess and I challenged ourselves to come up with um, or to name some mathematicians and see how many of them were female. 
and we really struggled ourselves. So it's difficult, it can be difficult to identify the strong um, mathematical women of history and of today. And that's not because that they don't exist, it's because they're not really being celebrated or showcased. So that was a very long answer to, to tell you, this is our sort of motivation that we wanna tackle these three objectives of diversity within maths, banishing mathematical stigmas and representing more women in maths. Right, no, I mean, that was just, I think it was really almost enlightening because obviously we don't realize when we're like six that we're already being like gender stereotyped to like, you know, you walk down the aisle, like you said, and you see dolls, you see American Girl mm -hmm. or like all these things. And it's just like you grow up thinking like, that's all I've got. So I might as well have fun with it. Right. But, mm -hmm. you know, really, there's no gender or um, I guess limitations to what a one person can do. And that's just really that's really important that you guys are shining light on that. So. I'm fascinated by the fact that you're from Ireland. And so knowing this, for any international students out there, do you have any advice on pursuing outreach within the US, applying for programs here, or really anything like that? Yes, so international experience in general is a super asset for lots of jobs. Mm -hmm. So lots of companies and universities and groups are multinational and multidisciplinary. So if you have experience working with international groups, it's always going to be a really big asset. So I would definitely encourage anybody to take any opportunity that they can to work abroad and within and within international groups. And one of the reasons this is important as well is that it helps you develop empathy and cultural sensitivity. So it's a good, good skill to have. Um, in university, so universities often offer opportunities for students to study abroad. Here in the UK and in Ireland, it was usually through an Erasmus program. And that was often just offered for someone if they were studying French or if they were studying a language alongside a science, they might get a year abroad. But there are other programs. So I did a program called, I think it was University of California Education Abroad Program, UCEAP. And it was for anybody. So it didn't matter what your background was in, you could apply to give you in my case, a year in, in the University of California. But I know it was a reciprocal program. So if you're in a University of California, you could come to the come to Ireland or go to somewhere else in Europe. So there's different things like that that you can apply for regardless of your program, which I'd recommend. Um, in terms of outreach, so we worked with the Orlando Math Circle, which is how I met Isabella. And um, that's a great organization. Now that things are remote, I think it's a lot easier to get involved with different international outreach initiatives. Um, Mathematicals, for one, we would love to collaborate with anybody who's interested in doing some sort of outreach, um, you know, get some experience in outreach, doesn't matter where you are. We're totally remote at the minute, Jess is in America, I'm here. So I think just making connections, reaching out to people, finding initiatives that you're passionate about, trying to translate that passion to the people behind the program, it's always going to be really, um, really exciting to somebody to find um, a young person that also shares that passion and wants to make a difference. So um, just, yeah, just having, just keeping your, keeping your eye out for opportunities that you think would be exciting. In terms of NASA, so foreign nationals are quite restricted in what they're allowed to do with NASA. Um, and in the aerospace um, industry in general within the US because it's so closely linked with military and defense. 
So my best advice is again, to just reach out to people. If you see somebody, um, another international person doing what you want to do, just reach out to them and ask them how they got to that point. People are very willing to help. And um, in my case, the Irish always sort of seem to find each other wherever they go. So there's, it's good to have those cultural links and you'll find that people will want to help, will want to help you if you're, if you're willing to make the effort. Right. It's literally just about asking people, you know, and kind of networking, because if you never ask, you'll never know if they say Mm -hmm. a lot of times people do want to do want to help you, especially if like you're younger and interested in, um, you know, maybe starting a passion project or something like that. Exactly. Really. 100%. So clearly you love math and inspiring girls to pursue careers in STEM. How did you initially come across your passion for math and why did you decide to even pursue a career in this? So math, I've always loved puzzles and solving problems, which is, which is just math. That's exactly what it is. But actually, there was a time when I didn't like math at all. It was when I was in secondary school. So it was between the ages of about 11 and 15. I hated it. I wanted to drop it. Um, I didn't want to study it at all, but you have to. You have to get it up to a certain level at GCSE um, is the level you have to get maths in the UK. So I couldn't drop it. So I had to keep going. And really, it was just a lack of confidence thing, which I think a lot of young people will struggle from. I struggled to trust my intuition when I was solving a problem. I got frustrated and I would get really anxious when I looked at a problem I didn't immediately know how to solve. So actually, it was during my GCSEs, I got a really good teacher and she pushed me to just give the question a go. She was so, she just told you, you know, she just said, relax, just try and do it, see what happens. It's no big deal. Just give, give it a go. And after one year of her teaching, I loved maths and I wanted to keep going with it. And I did it at A-level and then I did it at university. So I didn't even... Even when I was taking it at university, I didn't really plan to pursue a career in maths because honestly, I didn't really know what careers there were. And that's what Mathematicals wants to change. That when Even when you're studying at, GC, at university level, you might not know how useful it can be. So I just kept doing it because I loved it and I wanted to learn more. And luckily that got me so far as to do my PhD in Oxford, where I was suddenly made aware of endless opportunities that a maths, maths degree presented. So I was glad I stuck with it. So it was when I got to that point and I realized I could combine passions, so I could combine my maths with space that I kept going with it and I, I've stuck with maths as far as I can. A lot of times students don't really appreciate like different avenues to learning. I think we kind of mm-hmm. all have this, we go into school thinking, okay, yeah, we learn the math lesson, come home that's math like that's it but really it's like there's so many different ways of learning math that you know I was actually introduced to like you know different organizations and stuff when I was really little so that's how I ended up loving math but a lot of my peers didn't get that exposure and even still are have this idea of math is just going through a textbook reading the chapters get getting tested on it and then you move on and that's it but and it's kind of sad mm-hmm. because it's like this makes math to have um, a negative connotation to it or stigma surrounding it, like you said. And so, yeah, so do you have any ways or resources for people to learn to love math or simply just like to learn in general? 
Yeah, well, you sort of hit the nail on the head when you said that people develop a bit of a dislike for math in the way they go through it. They don't see what it's useful for. They just see it as, I need to study this to pass my exam. And this is a question and here's how I solve it. And they don't really understand why they're solving it that way or what it could possibly be useful for. So that's one of the things that Jess and I have spoken about a lot is if we could sort of transform at an early age, transform math into something a bit more intuitive to people. So by making it relative to a, a real world problem or showing, you know, different things you learn in math, you talk about trigonometry and you've got the constant pi and people know these things, but they just think, when is that ever, when have I ever used that again in my life? So finding different, um, applications of things like that will just make it more interesting to people and hopefully appeal to their intuition a bit more but obviously for the people that have already gotten past those early school days it's a bit too late to reform their opinion of those early early stage learning so for for somebody who's maybe a bit older that just wants to appreciate maths or learn a bit more about maths I would say download an app you know there's great apps on your phone now for even just like mental arithmetic or problem solving apps um there's a great app called peak which uses different it's basically a cognitive training app so it's got maths aspects but it's got memory and focus and all of those sort of problem solving and um, games are really good ways to just to build up the exact same skills in your brain as solving maths problems does and do it with no pressure. No, don't time yourself. Don't expect you to get 100% in all your questions. Take all of the things that you had to do in school, all that pressure, just try and take it away and just treat it as a puzzle and work through different problems that way. Another resource, which is quite similar to Mathematicals, is Numberphile. And they make videos on different mathematical problems and um, curiosities as well. And they've got a whole suite of different videos out already. Sometimes it goes very deep into the maths, which might not be everybody's cup of tea, but they normally warn you. So you can fast forward through any bits that are going to get really deep into equations. But for someone like yourself who actually enjoys the maths, you would find those, in those videos really interesting and really informative. So yeah, you should check them out. Definitely. I'll have to check them out. And I was, I do want to mention for anyone listening that to go to the Mathematicals website, they also do videos and um, yeah, I was watching them and they're so interesting because they're like little infographics, I guess, or I don't know how to describe them, like diagrams to explain it, very <laughs> visual, which was really interesting because it's not like you don't look at a textbook, but you're still solving problems as if like they're at the same level as the textbook, but it's just more interesting when like a little like icon of you is on the camera explaining <laughs> it to me and like there's a bunch of diagrams but yeah it's just super interesting that I'd mentioned that so of course having a PhD and working at NASA can bring stress and you know obviously it's a lot of work what are your best tips to avoid procrastination and instead stay focused on what you need to get done so I get distracted and I procrastinate all the time everybody does so my best tips to try and stop that is to take a break so if you feel your mind drifting if you're not focused eat that is just your brain telling you that it just needs and needs some time off so don't fight that it's a lot better to focus really hard for 30 minutes and reward yourself with a 10 minute break than to struggle with 
45 minutes to an hour of just staring at a book or a screen and nothing's going into your head. So I like to make timetables and break my day up into sort of more manageable chunks. So I always know when my next break is coming, which is a, a much better way for me to focus on what I'm doing. If I know I just need to keep at this for another 20 minutes and then I can go have a cup of tea. So another thing you can do is just set yourself rather than work in sort of time frames, set yourself manageable tasks. So instead of saying I'm going to work for an hour, just say I'm going to work until I get this task done and sort of make it a task that you could achieve in about an hour's time. And this will give you something to work towards and it will give you a greater sense of fulfillment when you manage to tick that task off. So set yourself deadlines, set yourself goals, and also remember to reward yourself and to appreciate when you've done something well. I think, especially now with remote working and less interaction with your colleagues, you can find yourself becoming so engrossed in what you're doing and so absorbed that you forget when you've accomplished something you forget to acknowledge that as a as a win and as a job well done so always take time to appreciate the hard work you put in and give yourself time off when you need it right I really like the advice you said about instead of necessarily like blocking out I'll do this for an hour and then we'll move on to an hour it can get kind of lost almost like it's better if you just say, I'll finish this one task and then I can take a break because mm-hmm. I've definitely struggled with a task. I'll put it in my schedule for like an hour, but it definitely takes more than an hour. So then I'm like, <laughs> like, okay, so then my entire schedule is like behind because I didn't put enough time for that. But if I just say, okay, I'm going to get two things done today and that's it. And then I can work my breaks in within that. It's a lot almost makes me a little bit more reputable to myself because I know Mm -hmm. that I am still fulfilling what I said I would do for myself and at the same time like I'm not overwhelming myself with a bunch of like time blocks eight hours a day which aren't really practical so absolutely and it means you can reward yourself if you're more efficient because if you set yourself a task and say you think it's going to take you an hour and it takes you half an hour Right. And that's amazing, and you've yeah. got it done, and there's, you're not wasting time that you right. didn't need to take. So, right. I mentioned earlier that you are a NASA postdoctoral program fellow. Where do you see this taking you, and what motivates you to continue your journey in working to go to space? So, I am fascinated by space. I've always loved space, and I've always wanted to get into the space industry. So. In my opinion, space exploration is the most exciting field. Um, So I'm motivated by the fact that we really know so little about our universe, right? There's endless opportunity to discover and to understand things way outside of our own solar system. So space studies basically gives you a blank canvas to be as creative and as crazy as you want. Nothing is too out of this world as um (laughs) the joke you made earlier nothing is too out of this world that you can't think about it in terms of space exploration so at the moment i'm researching planets outside of our solar system known as exoplanets and we're trying to understand how they formed and what they could be made of and if they could maybe have life or if life could could have been there in the past But also at the moment, I'm doing a summer school at JPL, which stands for Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is another NASA lab. 
And the summer school is on mission design. So it's about how you might formulate and design a mission to another planet or a comet or an asteroid or another celestial body. So if you watched the Mars rover landing a couple of months ago, or you heard about that, that's the sort of missions that would need to go through this formulation process. So that's a really fascinating combination of planetary science and discovery coupled with engineering capabilities, but also cost feasibility. So it's a really interesting intersection of all these different disciplines and how you would implement something in, in real life. So I'm loving this program. So I'm thinking that that might be my next step is going more down the road of mission design and trying to get onto one of those teams that sits in the mission control room when something lands on another planet. That would be amazing. That's that's so cool. I mean, I've interviewed one other person who wants to go to space. And the fact that I've just met two people that want to be astronauts or like even work in that field is so interesting to me because, you know, we always do these field trips. Well, I we, my school did these field trips to NASA Mm-hmm. And um, and we see these huge space shuttles, and we get to like sit in, um, and like almost get a simulation of what it's like, and it's like so cool. And we see, you know, all this information, but it's like we want to, and these people like these kids, like we're taught at such a young age, like this is what we could do, and it seems like so bizarre. Like there's like at a like a seven year old's perspective, I remember thinking like. That's like so crazy to me. Like it's, I can't fathom that somebody wants to travel out of our planet, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just so interesting that I met two people um, who want to do that. So I just thought I'd mention <laughs> my little fangirling moment. But <laughs> um, as a final question, I always ask this in every one of my episodes because I, I think it's really interesting to hear the different perspectives on um, how you know, different women in various fields want to change the world or make an impact. So with that being said, how are you going to change the world now or even in the near future? So I am going to change the world by closing the gender gap in mathematics. So I'm going to show young girls and and the old white men who dominate the field currently of mathematics that women are just as capable of making a difference in math and they should be celebrated for doing so. And I'm also hoping to contribute to the formation and the success of an Irish space industry and encourage more Irish scientists to pursue careers in space. Because, you know, we don't have NASA here. We've got the European Space Agency, but there's not the same involvement of Irish um, scientists and astronauts for that matter at this time. So I want to try and encourage and represent more Irish scientists to be involved in this field and to contribute to space exploration. Right, that that's so interesting. I think it's really um, fascinating to me that, you know, I, I guess maybe, again, it's because I've never, like, met, interviewed somebody who is international or outside of the U.S., but it's really cool that you're kind of pioneering this for your entire, like, nation, and it's like, even though it hasn't necessarily been done before or there's not a lot of popularity with Irish representation in the space field, it's like you're still showing all the women out there across, you know, the entire world that, you know, you can do anything if you set your mind to it, 
and it doesn't really matter like you just have to seek those resources whether that be in the u.s or not but yeah so thank you so much for um taking the time to be on this podcast i really learned a lot about closing the gender gap and how you're making an impact in your community thank you so much for having me it was such a pleasure to talk to you so that's it for today's episode remember to stay positive stay inspired and change the world bye everyone